Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark in the seventh chapter. We'll read from the 24th verse uh, to the 30th. This morning I'm going to be reading from uh, the Common English Bible Translation, uh, a different translation than we we are accustomed to, um, but an enriching one as well. Listen now for God's living word as it comes to you, the people of God. Jesus left that place and went into the region of Tyre, He didn't want anyone to know that he had entered a house, but he couldn't hide. In fact, a woman whose young daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard about him right away. She came and fell at his feet, and the woman was Greek, Syrophoenician by birth. She begged Jesus to throw the demon out of her daughter, and he responded, The children have to be fed first. It isn't right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. But she answered, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Good answer, he said. Go on home. The demon has already left your daughter. And when she returned to her house, she found the child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A pastor named Melissa was checking out at a grocery store, and she'd gone to buy the bread and juice for communion the next Sunday with her other groceries. The clerk at the register saw that she was buying King's Hawaiian bread, and she said, This bread is the best, isn't it? Yes, it is, the pastor said. And as the clerk kept scanning her purchases, the clerk began to tell a story, and she said, One time, I bought two packages of the rolls. There's 24 rolls in each package, and we ate one package for dinner. The next day at work, all I could do was think about how good those rolls were. So after work, I sat down in front of the TV and I ate a few and they were so good, I kept eating them. And before I realized it, I had the entire package. Wow, that's a lot of rolls, Melissa said. I know, the clerk said, but they taste so good. You know, they're just like heaven in your mouth. It's funny that you say that, the pastor said. This bread is for communion on Sunday. The clerk was surprised. For communion, she said? I was imagining imagining that you'd be eating these rolls with your family at dinner. Well, that's not completely far off, the pastor said. The church does gather around the communion table like a family does at home to remember the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. That's so beautiful, the clerk said. It is so nice of you to get the bread for the priest. I bet he appreciates you. Oh, well, yes, Melissa said. Um, I am the priest, or the pastor, rather. I never imagined, the clerk started to say. Now I've got a lot to think about. A woman priest breaking the bread. Now that tastes like heaven. Bread is at the heart of 
Christian faith. It is an object, it is a sign, it is something tangible. And sometimes when bread is broken among people, when it is broken before Christ, we find our faith being redefined by God who crosses boundaries of our predefined notions and we need to reorient ourselves to what God is doing in the world. God does love a good surprise after all. The story of the clerk and the pastor makes me think of Jesus walking with the disciples to Emmaus after the resurrection. Only the disciples didn't know it was Jesus until they gather at the dinner table and Jesus breaks the bread and their eyes are opened and they recognize him. Bread appears throughout scripture in our faith. There is the bread that we break at the Lord's table. There's the bread that we eat together in worship. We make a prayer each Sunday and throughout the week as we ask God to give us this day our daily bread. The city of Bethlehem, literally translated, means house of bread. We read stories of God providing bread when food is scarce. There is bread from heaven in the wilderness. There is the multiplication of loaves on the hillside. Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Throughout the Bible, we learn that God nourishes and sustains and feeds us, and bread is never far from these reminders of the way that God loves, the way that God gives grace, the way God provides. If we are looking, bread seems to be everywhere. And these risen loaves can show many different sides of God. This Lent, we're going to be considering these many different sides of God with a variety of objects in worship. Our Lenten sermon series is called God in Plain Sight, and as a companion to worship, our Lenten book study, our different uh, study groups are going to be using the book Lent in Plain Sight by the writer and pastor Jill Duffield. Through this series, we're going to consider the meaning of objects that Jesus would have encountered on his journey from Galilee all the way to Jerusalem, but similarly, these are objects that are familiar to us in our own lives, and our own faith as well. So this Lent, we're going to be considering some things like shoes and coats and coins and the lens that they offer us to our faith as we encounter them in Scripture and considering the ways those intersect with our encounter of our faith and God in our daily lives. But today we're considering bread, and whenever bread appears in Scripture, it seems that God is doing something that requires us to rethink what we know, and this morning shows how true this is. Jesus is trying not to be noticed, but cannot seem to escape, escape recognition. And this woman approaches Jesus to ask him to heal her daughter. 
The context of their exchange has Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman crossing some unexpected social territories. See, Jesus has been caught up with conversations with people who have position, people who are important. They demand his attention, and and he gives it, and, and yet... Here, Jesus meets the persistence of a woman seeking the well-being of her daughter. As a rubber meets the road kind of exchange, and it's an exchange that speaks once again to the ways that the body of Christ will include all people. While this woman may have encountered the offering of crumbs, She believes faithfully that she is worth more than crumbs, that she can have the entire loaf too. Nothing will take her dignity away. You see, the Gospel of Mark repeats this again and again. The Gospel of Mark describes the kingdom of God repeatedly as something that God intends to be inclusive of all people. And while the Gospel often orients Jesus' mission around the people of Israel and less so about Gentiles, there are places in the Gospels where Jesus crosses borders from something that may look exclusive to reveal the wide inclusion of many different types of people. The Syrophoenician woman fits all kinds of categories of those who are excluded in the place where she meets Jesus. Her race, class, gender, all would leave her behind without access to someone like Jesus. In the face of such crumbs as are left for her to collect, she demonstrates a deep and persistent faith. Her faith in this situation means that crumbs can be enough because of the power of God, even if it is more than crumbs that are deserved. Martin Luther, a 16th century church reformer, made note that we should pay attention to this woman because she teaches us how to pray. I'd say she does this and goes well beyond prayer. Jill Duffield, the author of our Lenten devotional book, writes, this mother, she persists. She refuses to give in to the powerful narrative that tells her that she and her family don't matter. She will not go away nor respond in kind, she has come in faith and hope that Jesus would heal her daughter. And while it requires her persistence, her daughter is healed. We can learn from this persistent faith. We can live this persistent faith. And it's just the right time for such persistence, for Lent is a season where our persistence can bring us closer to God. And faithful persistence can bring people more fully together as the body of Christ. 
Traditionally, Lent is a season for prayer and for fasting and for giving, and persistence in prayer can deepen what we know of God. Persistence in fasting, whether with food or or the common practice of giving something up for Lent, will allow us to give our attention more fully to God. Persistence in giving will bring us to see the ways that God is fully alive and active in the world, whether it is giving in our money or giving in our attention or our relationships or our service. Lent, we might say, is a season that is dedicated for this kind of persistence that we learn, that we see demonstrated by the Syrophoenician woman. And after 40 days of such practice, we are able to say, we are able to recognize how God has once again made each of ourselves new. And when we do this together as a faith community, we can say, God is making us new. We can enter this season knowing that that God can heal us and the world and our persistence in our persistence, that God, too, can, can heal others. So my question for you as we enter into the season of Lent is, how will you be persistent in pursuing Jesus? How will you be persistent in joining yourself to the body of Christ, the boundary-breaking body of Christ? Will you be persistent in daily prayer? Asking for prayer requests, lifting up the needs of others, needs in the life of the world, even when they are people you don't know? Will you be persistent in listening to God through learning, by reading scripture, Will you be reading a devotion or a book that invites a deeper contact with the well of faith that God has placed within you? Will you be persistent in fasting? Perhaps from social media, if it is a barrier to you being present to God or to other people? Or maybe it's a fast from foods that are a barrier to the health that you need and focusing on foods that bring health to your body. Perhaps it is fasting from negative thoughts about those who are different than us or live by a different ideology or way of life. Will you be persistent in serving neighbors, showing up to places where others need support, not just when it's convenient or when it makes us feel good, but showing up? Or will you be an advocate, someone who lifts others up? Will you make a point of encouraging others? Will you speak your truth to a friend, to a neighbor, to a family member when there is a word raised that is prejudice or inappropriate? Will you empower grace to take root in the world around you? For God invites such persistence as these. Christ is calling the church to such persistence. 
And our persistence in our Lenten practices reorients our lives to Christ. Our persistence reorients us to love and to grace, to openness that we know by God's Spirit. This Lent, are we willing to be persistent with ourselves, letting go of the barriers that might hold us back so that we might hear the words of Jesus, a grace spoken to so many persistent disciples, a word that Jesus speaks again and again through the Gospels, saying, go, your faith has made you well. Are we willing to be persistent in pursuing a faith that builds us and the world around us into God's holy community. And as scripture tells us, as the great hymn that you will hear in a moment says, keep your lamps trimmed and burning, be persistent with preparing your heart, your faith, your life, for Christ comes to us every day. And the task of Lent is our daily practice of bringing ourselves before Christ daily, persistently returning ourselves into the presence of God. So as we set foot into the season of Lent together, as we make the journey together, may God grant you the strength for this walk that is the season of Lent. May you see God regularly around you in others, and may you see God in plain sight. May we see God in plain sight every day as we head toward Easter together. Amen.